welcome to Dancing is Forbidden's Aqua Teen Season 12 post-afterbirth after show. This is a BBC joint production with Country Music Television. The event is about to begin momentarily. CMT correspondent and comedian Jeff Scottsworthy is taking the stage now. Let's tune in. Welcome everyone, happy to be here. I am Jeff Scottsworthy. How'd you like them Aqua Teen episodes, huh? Let me tell you, if you like Meatwad, Frylock, and Master Shake, you might be an Aqua Teen fan. Come on, everybody. We've got a very special show for you today. Without further ado, let me introduce your host for the evening. Put your hands together for the host of Dancing is Forbidden podcast, Ronnie Neely. Wow, holy smokes. What's up, Royal Albert Hall? Sold out stadium. Thank you for joining us here at this very historic Aqua Teen moment and also a very historic moment for the podcast. I can't believe we're doing this live show. Aqua Teen's back, baby. You're damn right about that, Ronnie. Let me tell you, if you just got back on the air after eight years, you might be Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Come on, y'all. Ha uh-huh. ha. But all right, enough of that. Of course, Ronnie is not our only host tonight. We are also joined by a very special guest. You've seen him in such hit films as Top Gun and Mission Impossible. Please put your hands together for Mr. Tom Cruise. Hello, wow. Wonderful. I'm so happy to be here and discuss the Aqua team. Thank you so much, Jeff, and thank you, of course, to Tommy Cruz for showing up to this. Couldn't help but notice that you guys clapped louder for him than for me, but uh, that's okay. Hey, that's not true. We're all here to express our love of Aqua Team. Right, everyone? That's a good way of looking at it, Tom. Uh, I should mention it's Aqua Teen, not Aqua Team, uh, like I've heard you say twice now. But that's okay. Again, so excited for you to be here and for your special stunt that you'll be doing at the end of the night Tom here, he's going to ride a motorcycle over a hamburger patty. Come on, everybody. That's right. We knew we had to do a big stunt for these two new Aqua Team episodes. Well, this is a very uh, exciting moment, almost as momentous as Top Gun, two coming out 36 years after the original. You know what, Tom? This is actually where I would disagree with you. Uh, I feel like this Aqua Team premiere of these two new episodes is, is a bit more momentous, a bit more exciting than uh, your airplane film because that was a movie that wasn't canceled unlike Aqua Teen which was a series a beloved series that got canceled but guess what now it's back so let's get on with it we had these two new episodes Shaketopia and A Quiet Shake and the first thing we saw as Shaketopia premiered was that new intro I really enjoyed the way that the intro was a bit of a reimagining of the original I wish I could be a fly on the wall during that discussion because they could have done something a bit more fan y but I loved this tribute to the classic intro that we all grew up with. I'm glad they went that direction given the occasion of the show coming back and they kind of went back to their roots with this intro. However, Tom, I did recognize those pesky Moon Knights in the intro, which they weren't there in the original series. Let me tell you, Ronnie, if those Moon Knights were in my 2014 film, 
edge of tomorrow. It would have been a much more momentous movie, maybe. You can say that again, Tom. This revisiting really reminds me of Top Gun 2 and the challenges we face. Tommy, I get it, all right. I said that you could promote some of your films here, but uh, we're talking about Aqua Teen right now. Right. Well, they redid the intro. Did they also redo the outro as well? Very good question, Tom. Uh, No, they did not. Now, worth mentioning here that we have two kind of different outros between Shaketopia and A Quiet Shake, because in Shaketopia, we get a proper outro, which is not a reimagining of the Ben Prisk outro. You know, the Aqua Teens, uh, they're in space, they are on, on the moon, they are with Lincoln, all that crazy stuff. We don't see that here. Instead, we have uh, some Jiggle Billy, which I'm not mad about. I'm, I'm not upset whenever we get us some Jiggle Billy. And I got a question for you, Tom. Can you jiggle? You know, I can, Ronnie. Comments to jiggling. Oh, yes! Go, Tommy, go! Go, Tommy, go! You're good at jiggling, and you look good doing it, too. So, back to our outros here, though. It should be worth mentioning. We're jumping ahead a little bit here, but in a quiet shake, we actually just have the credits rolling over some of the footage, which is not something that they did in the early seasons. So, that's exciting to see them just playing around a bit, and of course, trying to get more content into the episode. So overall, you enjoyed the new intro. You're goddamn right I did, Tom. I really liked it. I thought it was pure class. So that's enough talk about the intro. What do you say we dive in to the first episode, season 12, episode one, Shaketopia. Just some general thoughts on it. In Shaketopia, Master Shake decides to live in a VR world where he is king while Frylock and Meatwad try and bring him back to real life. Now, this episode, of course, addressing technology, not something new at all for Aqua Teen. And in this one, we're talking VR. Tom, have you ever used virtual reality? Yeah, I've tried it, but I don't regularly use it because I don't need to. My real life is better than anything VR could possibly ever produce, ever. And I mean it. Oh, I'd imagine. No disagreements here, Tom. Well, my life sucks ass, so I really enjoy using VR. Nothing beats just eavesdropping in on strangers in big screen, which by the way, the big screen app on VR has a 24-7 Aqua Teen live streaming room where you can watch Aqua Teen at any time of the day. How about that? Whoa, do they have any of my films on there? Oh, they sure do, brother. They've got them in 3D too. Wowza. Well, let me be the first to say, I think it was great for the Aqua Teen guys to to tackle this new and exciting technology. Well, actually, Tom, this is far from the first time that Aqua Teen has addressed VR. For example, over 20 years ago in 2003, they addressed it with the episode Super Birthday Snake, and again in 2004 with Edork. So Aqua Teen, no strangers to VR, but it's fun to see them address it in this more modern way with modern VR as, as less of a kind of futuristic kind of reimagining a plot device like they would in the older episodes to using it in a more realistic way. Now, of course, uh, the world we see shaken isn't really based on a specific VR app, but there are things that are similar to that. But Tom, if you don't mind, if we could jump into the animation really quickly, because that is something that a lot of people were concerned about going into these new Aqua Teen episodes. Absolutely, Ronnie. I'm glad you're bringing this up. I'm glad I am too, Tom. And let me tell you, I'm also glad the animation here, I think, looks great. 
Now, it's no secret that there was a bit of a push to modernize the series a bit, make it look less like it was made, you know, in Photoshop and, and After Effects back in the early 2000s, and I think they did a brilliant job of blending that classic Aqua Teen look with a bit more fluidity and animation without going so far as to look something like Plantasm, which, to be clear, I have no problems with Plantasm. I think it looks great, and it made sense for a film, but of course, you know, us Aqua Teen fans, we don't really want our Aqua Teens to be too animated, am I right? You're right indeed, Ronnie. Something I found interesting about this uh, Shaketopia episode was the lack of a villain. I love including villains in my films, so it was admirable the way Matt and Dave could write an interesting and compelling script without a villain. Wow, Tom, that's a very astute observation uh, that you have there. And you're right that, you know, not every Aqua Teen episode even includes a villain. In fact, my favorite episode, which is Kidney Car, doesn't have a villain at all. It's just the guys trying to fix up a car. So Aqua Teen, no strangers to not having a villain. And I thought it was kind of a cool way to kick off this season with a villainless episode because it's like, look, we don't need villains for our Aqua Teens. It's just the guys messing around, having a good time in VR. And what was sad to me was we didn't actually get to see Carl in VR. That would have been fun. I would have liked to have seen what he did. Oh, man, I totally agree. Uh, but we didn't get that. But we did get the three Aqua Teens in VR, and I enjoyed seeing the way that Shake had the newest headset, and his character in the game was very high detailed. In fact, it was higher detail than a, a typical Aqua Teen episode. And then Meatwad had a, a little bit older one, so he looked a little bit more primitive. And then Frylock had a really shitty headset, and he was all pixelated. His voice was all crappy. I thought it was a brilliant touch. But again, to the VR, what it allowed them to do in this episode was go for a very different animation style while still being kosher, I guess, within the Aqua Teen universe. Because... It wasn't just the characters being super animated. They were in a VR game, which allowed them to go crazier while still being acceptable. And it allowed them to say, hey, look, Aqua Teen can look better. But when we get cuts of the real Aqua Teen world, it's the world we know and love. As a Hollywood actor, I really enjoyed the Wesley Snipes cameo in the battle between Shake and Meatwin. Now, that was cool. I loved the Blade reference. Unfortunately, though, it wasn't actually Wesley Snipes. But I did enjoy the way that Master Shake kind of called that out in the episode. I guess Matt and Dave really tried to get him. They didn't hear back from him, so they had to go with a sound-alike. I hate sound-likes. It puts actors like me out of business. That it does, Tom. Before we wrap up our Shaketopia discussion, I do want to say that I enjoy the way that this episode ends. I like to see Meatwad and Shake just kind of having fun together. They both enjoy Meatwad's drawings. Shake is actually pretty cool about it. Always fun to get a reminder that these guys are friends. And speaking of reminder, we do have some callbacks to some classic Aqua Teen moments in this one uh, during the fight that you mentioned, Tom is that Meatwad, you know, he references his igloo, he references a hot dog. Like, we get these references to Meatwad's shapes that we saw in previous episodes, and they're doing new things with them here. So Aqua Teen, remembering who it is, but improving on and expanding upon the, uh, the references that it has throughout. I do want to mention I liked when Shake was being fed the mega protein by Frylock. Let me tell you, I could definitely have used that mega protein while training for Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. I'm sure you could have, Tom, but you know what I'm also sure you could do? I know you had a little game planned for the audience today, right? I sure do, Ron. I've thrown together a fun game called Guess That Aqua Team. 
I will play a clip of the Aqua Team character and you, the live audience, will guess which Aqua Team it is. All right, Tom, take it away. I'm going to head backstage to prep for our next segment. Fantastic. All right, Aqua Team fanatics, guess this Aqua Team. This is pretty good shit. And you said this just fell off a truck? All right, now clap for which character it is. Is it Master Shake? Is it Frylock? Is it Meat Wad? Correct. Great job. All right, now for our next clip. Another orgasmic sex orgy. How do I do it? It appears there's a bit of commotion backstage, so we are going to cut backstage right now, where host Ronnie is having a bit of a tantrum. What the fuck, dude? Like, I didn't even want him to be here. He's out there playing this stupid fucking game, Guess the Aqua Team. He's not even saying it right. I've corrected him twice on stage now. I I, I don't even know if he's seen the show. It seems like he's just reading off of cards. I know, man. Calm down. What is this stupid game? Why did I have no say over any of this? It's my podcast. It's not like he's ever helped me with it. So why does he get to be on stage getting all the big laughs? getting all the attention. I'm the one that put this together. Ronnie, 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 look, all right? This is very big for your podcasting career. This is big for my career. This is big for all of us. Yeah. All right, so you should just be fucking happy that Tom Cruise is on your rinky-dink stupid fucking podcast and not having a breakdown, all right? It's because of him that we got this venue, and it's because of him that we are sold out. So you need to fucking get up there, get back on stage... Stop fucking back here bitching on it. All right, Jeff. Okay, look. All right, you bring up some good points here. I'm just a little upset that I wasn't consulted about this, particularly the fact that, like, he's doing this stupid... Like, obviously, people know which Aqua Teen it is. Like, they came to an Aqua Teen event. I mean, I heard some morons out there clapping that Meatwad was shake, but all right, whatever. I'll put it aside. I'll be professional about it, and I'll just get back out there. Now, if you could get past your differences... You might be a good podcast host. It appears the tantrum is over and Ronnie is resuming to the stage. Is it Frylock? All right, thank you so much, Tom, for the fantastic game. Well, we weren't done. We still have some more clips. Oh, I'm sure we do. So moving on here to A Quiet Shake, our second episode that premiered tonight. Ronnie, I'd really appreciate it if we could finish the game. (laughs) Yeah, so... The Quiet Shake, our second episode, and this one being a little bit more similar to like a normal Aqua Teen episode, namely that we don't have this entire virtual art style. But similarly to the previous episode is our two episodes debuting tonight, kicking off season 12. They both have Shake in the title, although they are not purely Shake-centric episodes, as we see in A Quiet Shake, because a big portion of the episode is just Frylock dealing with the villains. This is a villain episode. I'm sure you were excited about that, Tom. I really was. Let me tell you, my team was disappointed to see these ear creatures, as we had similar idea for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. Oh, you hate to hear it. Back to the drawing board, I guess, right? Haha, <laughs> you're right about that. The film is slated for a 2025 release. Hopefully, this villain redesign doesn't cause further delays. Well, fingers crossed here, Tom, but back to Aqua Teen. A Quiet Shake, of course, spoofing the 2018 film A Quiet Place, which I actually saw in theaters. Have you seen that film, Tom? I did not see the film, but I did star with Emily Blunt in my 2014 film Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I think I heard her recently talking about how you told her to stop being a pussy on the set, right? I did indeed, Ronnie. I don't really like that, Tom. It's kind of mean, isn't it? Stop being a pussy, Ronnie. Oh, he got me. Oldest trick in the book. 
Nice one, Tommy. But you know what's nice? In a quiet shake, we have the crawl space. Let's hear it for the crawl space. Matt and Dave told us the crawl space would be coming back, and they were right. Now, this, this episode isn't just spoofing A Quiet Place, a film that came out while Aqua Teen was on hiatus, uh, as it were, but also spoofing COVID in a way, the COVID pandemic. Do you remember that, Tom? Absolutely. I had to delay my film Top Gun 2. I know. One of the worst things that came from the pandemic, you had to delay that film. But luckily, when it came out, it did well. But I really like the way that they approach the COVID pandemic here, uh, in terms of like the characters having to react to it, but also Shake, you know, not believing in it, and and he's just really going against it in ways that we saw during that time from people who were probably a bit similar to Shake, but without it being so heavy-handed and in your face of it actually being the COVID pandemic. It was really fun the way that they blended this real situation that a lot of us had to go through. Probably not you, Tom, but a lot of us had to go through but in a way that's spoofing a a popular film that came out around that time, just two years previous. But not only that, we get some great music moments here because very quickly after they decide that the whole uh, monster alien invasion is over, that Shake, Carl, and Meatwad, they're starting a band here. And Shake, he can rip. He He can wail on that guitar, which is very different from seasons previous when he absolutely could not play guitar. Playing guitar is no easy feat. And Shake can shred with the best of them. Yeah, Shake does great here. Of course, it's really Aqua Teen co-creator Matt Malero doing the shredding there, so no problems in that department. In the episode, though, we also have an original song by Matt and Dave here about Carl having a menage a trois in a porta potty at a construction site. Uh, Tom, if you were to write a song right now about anything, what would you write a song about? I'd write a song about motorcycles. Oh, interesting. What about you, Ronnie? Oh, I'd write a song about how excited I am to have you here, Tom, and your fantastic Aqua Teen game that uh, you played earlier. But uh, on to the music uh, further is that we have Carl doing some of his infamous kind of uh, vocal instrumentation, you know, whittly-wah, here we have him pretending to slap the bass. <laughs> I love the Widley Wash. I love the Widley Wash too. And something I noticed about this one is it's kind of like the opposite of a typical Aqua Teen episode. So typically, especially in the earlier seasons of Aqua Teen, you would have villains just show up at the Aqua Teen's house, right? It is a cheaply done show. They couldn't really have other backgrounds. The villains would just show up wherever the Aqua Teens were. But here it's quite the opposite in that we have Frylock seeking out the villains in this episode and dealing with them that way. So I thought that was cool and doing something that we don't typically get from the series. Oh, I totally agree with you. An interesting thing about this one as well is that the villains... I mean, of course, they did, I guess, kill people and and things of that nature, but they didn't seem to actually be on Earth intending to cause harm. They were there accidentally, which is the tried and true trope of Aqua Teen, and that, you know, the villains, they're just dumb as hell, right? It was just a misunderstanding with these stupid ear creatures. A twist I never saw coming. And I've seen a lot of things, such as the rough cut from Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, Part two coming 2025. I guess a fun connection there, Tom, between your upcoming uh, Impossible Mission film and A Quiet Place would be A Quiet Place is actually getting a prequel, which also got pushed back to 2025, like your uh, mission thing. Some would have said making more Aqua Teen would have been Mission Impossible. 
but Matt and Dave must have learned a thing or two from my films because they did it. They did it indeed, Tom. I know that they're huge fans of your work. I'm surprised that you haven't been on Aqua Teen yet. I mean, I'm sure they could have fit you into the new season. They couldn't fit my motorcycle budget. I told them I needed four motorcycles, but they could only do three. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's the problem with a cheaply made show like this, is they can't afford all the motorcycles that you might be used to. But I'd really suggest you reconsider, Tom. Well, <laughs> I just might. <laughs> right on, man, right on. Now, Ronnie, I understand you are in one of these new episodes. Were you in one? It was shown today. Oh, no, Tom. I was not in one of these first two. I'll, uh, I'll tell you here for the first time since you're here, Tom. It's a special occasion. Uh, I'm in the fourth episode. The title of that is now revealed. I'm not leaking anything here. I mean, besides maybe a little something in my diaper. There's a lot of people here. I'm nervous. The episode I am in is the fourth one titled Get Lit Upon a Sit Upon. And I am a grocery clerk in a scene with Frylock, so keep your eyes out. Wonderful. I'll have to keep my eyes peeled. You certainly will, Tom. Well, the last thing I want to say about A Quiet Shake is we get some more kind of throwbacks and cameos, similarly to how we did in Shaketopia, which was on the TV at a certain point we could see the puppets from, uh, you know, this is your left, that's your left, from Universal Remonster and the cloning. And then at, at a certain point we also saw some space ghosts on the TV. So I am absolutely loving these subtle callbacks to previous episodes in these new episodes, but in a way that to me absolutely does not feel heavy-handed or like they're trying too hard or they're trying to just uh, coast on past success and, and past jokes. They're really doing something new with you know nods to previous episodes, but in ways like these nods push the episodes forward. Like they're not just thrown in pointlessly. For example, Shake has a funny puppet joke. Like he needs to hear the puppets' voices in a quiet shake. So it really made even more sense why they would show that classic bit of Aqua Teen puppet history. So that's really all I had for A Quiet Shake. Anything you want to add, Tom? Yes, in fact, speaking of the TV, I couldn't help but notice some sort of robot program. Is that from a previous Aqua Team episode? Uh, no, it's not from a previous Aqua Team episode, uh, as, you, as you put it. It's actually from a pilot that Matt Malero did with Jim Fortier, who also was a co-creator on Squidbillies, with Dave Willis, uh, this this show called Yenor, the pilot that they did, and there is a segment where we see that robot that's actually Jim Fortier in the robot suit, and Matt Malero's kind of throwing him frisbees and stuff off screen. So they repurposed that here, which I'm glad to see that, you know, they're getting a little bit more mileage out of this footage. If you haven't seen Yenor, Tom, check it out. It's pretty fun. Cool. I'll tell my assistant to load it on my iPad. That's a great idea. So before we head into our final thoughts, Tom, I know... Oop, my uh, microphone came unplugged. Tom, I know that you have a, a special stunt. You're going to be jumping that motorcycle over there over that hamburger patty. You're correct. I've been training for this stunt for the last seven weeks. Wow, you seem very excited about it. All right, boss, take it away, Tommy. My God, Tommy, that was amazing, dude. What was going through your head when you did that? I wasn't thinking. I was one with my motorbike. Beautifully said, Tom. So moving on here to our final thoughts after that very exciting stunt. I think both of these episodes were great. I thought it was a good mix 
between two very different kinds of episodes. We had a more Aqua Teen-centric episode, just the guys getting up to no good with Master Shake in his Snuggie, just in the VR world. Also with the very different animation style of that episode, but then going over to a Quiet Shake where it was more of like a kind of a typical Aqua Teen episode in that we had somewhat of villains there, but also we had just some great moments between Shake, Meatwad, and Carl. They're starting a band, and then the absurdity, of course, where Frylock gets killed in the episode, and then the, the band just keeps on rocking. So two very fun ones. Um, I think in terms of my favorite, it's very hard to pick here. Honestly, I might have to go with with Shaketopia just because I am a sucker for Aqua Teen addressing technology and again I appreciate seeing them address this actual like real life VR as opposed to something like Super Birthday Snake where it's like this uh, fa fantastical VR that wasn't real. In Shaketopia it's very much based on like a real VR experience although not completely accurate. But because of that, I don't know, I just kind of liked the whole technology aspect there. I found it fun. Aqua Teen, always playing with technology. Love to see him do it in 2023. What about you, Tom? What was your favorite episode from the night? I shouldn't tell you that. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Oh, you could, yeah, you could kill me. That's fine. Seriously? Yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. My life's not as good as yours, so, I mean, you know. All right, well, then my favorite episode of the night was A Quiet Shake. I like when Aqua Team spoofs movies because I make movies for a living. It's called cinema. <laughs> cinema indeed, Tom. So thank you so- Hey, wait. Oh, what's up, Tom? Now I have to kill you. <laughs> God damn it, Tommy's dead. Hold fire, hold fire. You want a piece of this too. Thank you all so much for coming to the dancing is forbidden live show. We are so happy Aqua Team is back. Remember, there are new episodes premiering on Adult Swim for the next few Sundays next day on Max. Thank you to the Moon Masters who support this podcast over on patreon.com slash dancing. It is forbidden. Boarding as hard as he can. We have our Highlander Nick. There's only one Tom Cruise, just like there's only one Nick. Some would say Nick is the Tom Cruise of Patreon. And of course, thank you to our number one in the Hood G tier patrons, Sean Ian, Captain Buford, Robison Jason, Carl Lachewitown 69, Empower 706, Swim Wiki, Carson, and Lervinator. You guys can jump my motorcycle over a beef pad. Any day of the week, I'll see you all next week on Tom Cruise's Dancing is Forbidden. Until then, keep it cool, take it easy, and remember Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 is out in 2025. Bye-bye.